educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN and on demand anytime you like on your favorite podcast platform. Well, it's 5.08 on Tuesday, May 23rd. Say hello to Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire. Always a pleasure, Dan. Always a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. By the way, please follow the Dan Parsons Show on newly minted uh, Facebook and Twitter accounts. So I don't want to be lonely on there. Uh, Hit me up and, you know, uh, let's have a conversation there as well. So, well, uh, coming up on the show today, uh, we've got a jam-packed. Johnny said, are we going to really have time to do all this? Yeah, I, I calculated about, I thought it was about 45 different guests you had on, but you told me I was off by a couple, so yeah. I'm ready. Well, uh, in just a moment, uh, joining us from Washington, D.C. is our first district congressman, Mike Flood. And and after uh, we chat with Mike for a little bit, uh, we're going to welcome a very special guest, uh, Lieutenant uh, Jill Brown for the Navy Office of Community Outreach for a very special announcement uh, you may have heard on some other news outlets today. And and then joining us in studio for that same announcement, Derek Fireherm. Uh, Derek's the VP of Operations and Development for Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. And that's just the first half of the show, Johnny. So, uh, well, let's get cracking. Uh, Congressman, are you with us? I am here. Good hey, to talk to you. Hey, it's great to talk to you again, uh, Congressman. Thanks for taking time. You know, uh, it really has been fascinating to me to watch this conversation about AM radio. And I told uh, Johnny, the producer, as I walked in and uh, told him what we were going to talk about today, um, I-, I think I read that story about Ford uh, discontinuing AM radios in their uh, new vehicles. Uh, the week before I started on AM radio, and I said, hey, what a brilliant career move for me. Um, but anyway, Congressman, I know uh, there's some uh, news in the uh, about that issue uh, in the news today, but you obviously had an opinion on that because uh, you have a great history with uh, radio here in our state as well. Well, that's right. You know, like, At the end of the day, what people don't understand about AM radio is that it's the backbone of the emergency alert system. The old EBS, the emergency broadcast system, turned into the EAS, which alerts people uh, to tornado warnings, to national emergencies, to severe thunderstorm watches. All of those things happen through the AM radio system in the United States. And as I've said before, if we are serious about uh, protecting uh, people, property, uh, then we want to keep the AM radio system around because the emergency alert system is based on that entire background. So when the FCC and uh, Ford Motor Company seem to agree that getting rid of AM radios is uh, legitimate, that's why I push back. I say, uh, at the end of the day, uh, look at the ratings in Lincoln, yeah. look at the ratings in Omaha, and uh, you can see firsthand KLAN in Lincoln, KFAB in Omaha, 
These are the two largest uh, AM stations in each community, and they're vital information sources to the people in those two metros. Absolutely, Congressman. Talking to Congressman Mike Flood uh, here on the Dan Parsons Show. Well, you're right, Congressman, and not to mention the rest of the state, and you're so accurate. I mean, that's the, the, the populous area of the state where the most people need to have these emergency notifications, whether it's weather or even something more severe. But then you have the rest of the state where I know for a fact, because I spent some time out in western Nebraska, AM radio is still very, very important in this state. Well, look at KRVN out of Lexington. Yes. KRVN 880 AM has been a staple for farmers since 1948. They've added FM translators. They've added all these other um, additions to their broadcast um, ability. And people gravitate towards 880 AM. I mean, it, there's no question. If you live in Gosper County, you live in Frontier County, you live in Custer County, uh, these the, uh, 880 AM is the station that you listen to out there, and they have the best news. They have the best information. Yep. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I understand the radio system in Nebraska. I understand how important AM is, and I simply don't think this is in a Ford uh, Motor Company's best interest to do this. And I don't think it's in the federal government's best interest to walk away from a platform that is uh, exists to basically provide uh, emergency alert warnings to most of Nebraska. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think they're hearing the message, uh, Congressman. We hope that continues. Well, before I let you go, again, thanks for the quick uh, turnaround uh, on this request today. Before we let you go, uh, I know you've got a town hall meeting coming up here in Lincoln next week. That's right. I'm going to uh, welcome everybody that wants to from May 30th, uh, on May 30th, from 530 to 630 at North Star High School. Uh, that's when the uh, town hall is. I'm providing an update on priorities that I'm working on in Congress. Uh, there'll be a question and answer period open to the public. We've got a lot to talk about, the ongoing debt ceiling negotiations, the future of the downtown Lincoln Post Office, and so much more. So it's going to be from 5.30 to 6.30 on May 30th at North Star High School. That's at 5801 North 33rd Street in Lincoln. Everyone is invited. I hope your listeners, you can join for the discussion. I just want to repeat one more time, May 30th. 5.30 5.30 to 6.30 at North Star High School. Excellent. Congressman, thank you for doing that. Uh, I know that's a, a big undertaking, and, and I hope I do. I hope uh, Lincoln Lincolnites turn out to ask good questions and show their support for the work that you're doing in Washington. Well, we'll let you go, uh, Congressman. Thanks again for the quick turnaround on this request today, and uh, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks a lot, Dan. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Congressman Mike Flood uh, from Washington uh, joining us on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline. And as we go from one guest to the other here on the Dan Parsons Show today on 1499.3 KLIN, let me welcome on to the program on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline, uh, Lieutenant Jill Brown from the Navy Office of Community Outreach. Uh, and Lieutenant Brown has a pretty special announcement here on the Dan Parsons Show. Uh, Jill, uh, Lieutenant Jill Brown, welcome to the Dan Parsons Show. Uh, thank you. Hi, Dan. Thank you for having me. My name is Lieutenant Jill Brown. I'm a public affairs officer with the Navy Office of Community Outreach, and we are excited to announce that the Navy is hosting our first ever Navy Week, Lincoln Navy Week event, during the week of August 21st through the 27th. 
It'll be in conjunction with the Guardians of Freedom Air Show featuring our amazing Blue Angels. Yes, exactly. Well, that's an exciting announcement. I just uh, I was able to see the news release earlier today, as I know uh, others have seen, and uh, and I'm just thrilled that you're able to, to join us here to make this announcement uh, here on the Dan Parsons Show. And uh, I... I think I told you this uh, because we were so excited and because there's uh, obviously another uh, lots of interest already uh, here in the city uh, for the air show. But uh, welcoming into the studio, uh, Derek Fireherm, who's the vice president of operations and development for our wonderful Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. Derek, uh, welcome to the Dan Parsons Show. Well, thank you for having me, Dan. Yeah, and so I wanted to get you and Jill in this, well, it was impossible to get you in the same room, but on the same microphone, uh, because uh, the Chamber of Commerce, of course, is taking a lead uh, on the on the, on the air show. And so maybe talk a little bit about how that works and, and the work that you guys are already doing. Yeah, thanks, Dan. This is a, a tremendous partnership that goes back over 20 years now that... The Lincoln Chamber of Commerce has partnered with the Nebraska Military Department, which is the uh, Air and Army National Guard for the state, along with the Lincoln Airport Authority, and producing these air shows, which traditionally have happened about every five years. And new and exciting this time is that we're also uh, bringing in our partners up in Omaha into the fold and having Offutt Air Force Base in the 55th Wing up there being actively involved in helping to produce the show as well. So it's a great partnership, not only in our community, but now as we expand it to statewide and supporting everything there is uh, with uh, regards to our military. Yeah, that's great. What a great partnership. And Lieutenant Jill, um, so you're bringing some sailors with you when you come to uh, Lincoln, aren't you? Yes, uh, we always say we bring the Navy to cities that don't get to see the Navy a lot. And we're very excited to bring the Navy to Lincoln. We won't be bringing the ships, but we will be bringing <laughs> the sailors. Yeah, that's We're expecting fa- to have probably about 50 sailors in town. They'll be um, from all over the country. We will have some uh, local sailors coming from Offit and from um, the local commands uh, in Omaha. That's and what- also... Um, some of the namesake sailors from the local um, namesake ships, the USS Nebraska and the USS Omaha. Oh, that's wonderful. Those sailors will also, some of those sailors will also have the opportunity to visit. That's, that's fantastic, uh, Lieutenant Jill Brown. Um, and so what will the sailors be doing uh, once they're here in Lincoln that week? Well, we're hoping to keep them busy in the community. Uh, some of the things that we're planning right now are to have the sailors volunteer uh, with different community projects, such as uh, the Lincoln Food Bank, Habitat for Humanity, uh, theaters, just to name a few. Uh, Also, the sailors will be going around visiting some of the high schools, talking about what it's like to be in the Navy, Um, some of the boys and girls clubs, engaging with the kids. Uh, We'll also have our wonderful Navy band, Great Lake, performing throughout the city um, to include the Nebraska History Museum. Uh, They'll also be performing uh, at the uh, salt dogs game on that Thursday night during Navy week and also um, different performances around the city. We will have um, more uh, band performances uh, on our website as people can follow us as we get closer to Navy week. Um, the sailors will be engaging at the University of Nebraska with the uh, Navy ROTC midshipmen. And we'll also have a flag officer, a rear admiral from Stratcom who will be our senior representative during Lincoln Navy week and he'll be doing some executive engagements with leaders throughout the city and also uh, University of Nebraska. And you might even see him at the Salt Dogs game on Navy night 
that Thursday night. That's wonderful. Lieutenant Jill Brown uh, joining us on the Dan Parsons Show to announce the very first ever uh, Navy Week in Lincoln, Nebraska. And Derek Fireherm uh, with the Lincoln Chamber is also joining us because they're taking the lead and and helping coordinate and promote uh, the Guardians Air Show uh, that weekend. Derek, um, I assume the planning has been going on for months and months for this project. It really has. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that to get a Blue Angel uh, Squadron team to be your premier jet team, you have to apply two years in advance. And oh, wow. so we have been partnering with uh, the National Guard as well as the Airport Authority for over two years now. And hmm. we found out uh, in late uh, 2021 that we were selected and, and very honored that for the fourth consecutive time, uh, we've been able to host uh, the Navy Blue Angels. And, and really since then, it has been, um, the planning has been at a rapid pace for an event where we're pretty much creating a, a city from scratch on the on a ramp of an airport for an estimated attendance of 200 to 250,000 people. Wow, wow. And Lieutenant Jill, I assume that uh, when you're planning your, uh, in a, if I understand right, uh, 12 to 15 locations uh, each year that you do a Navy Week across the country? Yes, the Navy Week program started back in 2005. And we typically hold anywhere up to 15 Navy Weeks throughout the country every year. Uh, The purpose of a Navy Week is to bring the Navy to the cities and educate the American public about what we do in the Navy and and, and give the public an opportunity to meet their sailors, talk to them in person, and learn about the Navy's mission. Yes, and what a, a great connection, obviously, with your Blue Angels and uh, uh, and and. As most people, I think, know, uh, President Carter from the University of Nebraska is uh, himself uh, a former admiral in the United States Navy and and uh, I think has flown uh, some of those birds, as I understand. Yes, yes, and I'm looking forward to meeting President Carter uh, during Navy Week. I yes. want to hear about his experiences. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, Jill, uh got just a couple minutes here left, but uh, and we'll do this once again, but how can people find out some of the details as we get closer to uh, Navy Week uh, in August 20th through the 27th here in Lincoln? Yes, yeah, so I th- uh, just want to thank uh, the city of Lincoln uh, for welcoming us. We're very excited, and you can follow us at at Navy Outreach, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. As we get closer to Navy Week, uh, we'll have the list of events on our website at Navy Outreach, and you can find out where we'll be, and we welcome you to come out and engage with our sailors, and hopefully we'll see you at some of the band performances. That's outstanding, uh, Lieutenant Jill. And the, and the air show. <laughs> yes, and the, and the air show. Boy, you're going to keep those sailors busy all week long. That's I think yes. that's wonderful yes. that you come into the city and and uh, not only tell people about you know the, the, about the navy. Obviously, it's uh, it's recruiting without recruiting because uh, you just show up and and start talking about all the wonderful programs and things you do. And uh, if people obviously want to find out more, that's uh, that's uh, that's that's great. I assume, but. But but to be able to come into a community like Lincoln and volunteer, uh, like you said, at the food bank and uh, Habitat for Humanity, uh, you know, what a great partnership. And then having uh, our friends at the Lincoln Chamber to be able to partner as well, I think that's uh, what a win-win for this city. Yes, we're very appreciative, and we, we do thank the Chamber uh, for accommodating and hosting us, and we will be looking forward to 
seeing everyone in August. Very good. Uh, Derek, uh, if uh, other people, if, if people want to find out how they can get involved uh, with the Navy, or excuse me, not Navy Week, but the air show at the Chamber, how uh, how would they go about yeah. that? Well, and Dan, we'll actually have information on both on our website. So uh, <laughs> we'll definitely work with Lieutenant Jill and her team to make sure that we are equally promoting the lead up with uh, Lincoln Navy Week. But more information about all that and what's going to happen for, for the air show proper can be found at uh, lincolnairshow.com. You can also follow all of our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook for, uh, uh, for the air show. And we will be, uh, uh, there, you will not be able to find a place in Lincoln where you'll not see the air show over the next three months. We're definitely going to make sure that we get out there and educate everybody about what's going on. That's outstanding. Well, thank you both for uh, fairly short notice uh, uh, coming in, uh, Derek, to the studio. And Lieutenant Jill Brown, thank you for joining us on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline. I'll let you guys go, and uh, uh, I look forward to seeing you uh, all uh, in August. Thank you, uh, Dan and Derek. All right, very good. Well, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back after this on 1499.3 KLIN. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Thanks again to Congressman Mike Flood. Uh, for joining us at the top of the hour, and our friend uh, Lieutenant Jill Brown from the United States Navy and Derek Fireherm uh, from the uh, Chamber of Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, announcing a big announcement uh, that Lincoln has been chosen for uh, Navy Week uh, in August in conjunction with the air show. So, very exciting. Thanks to all of them. Uh, coming up after the bottom of the hour with uh, the news, we'll welcome into the studio the chair of our Lancaster County Board of Commissioners, Krista Yoakum. And coming up on Wednesday, uh, the Wednesday edition of the Dan Parsons Show, uh, it's May 24th, and it's Give to Lincoln Day, uh, the wonderful annual celebration of giving that highlights Lincoln's nonprofit uh, community. It's just what a wonderful program. It, so generous, uh, our Lincolnites, and and being able to support uh, so many different nonprofits in the city. Uh, but we'll chat tomorrow with Suzanne Blue from Matt Talbot Kitchen and Outreach. And uh, someone that she sees from time to time, Jim Blue uh, from the Cedars organization. So that'll be fun to have uh, Suzanne and Jim. As you may know, uh, Suzanne uh, recently announced her retirement after, uh, gosh, I, f I forget, I don't have my notes in front of me how long that Suzanne's been with uh, Matt Talbot, but it's been a while. And so she deserves to uh, do something different. And so we'll welcome them on. And I just find it fascinating that um, here are these two... Uh, this couple that have devoted their careers, their lives to uh, two of the most important nonprofits, frankly, in the city. There's lots of wonderful nonprofits. You know, we had the food bank on last week. And uh, so, anyway, we'll do that tomorrow. Get ready to uh, uh, go to. Um, uh, the the website for uh, Give to Lincoln Day tomorrow. Uh, they start taking donations. They've already started taking donations, and so so we'll do that tomorrow. And then, like I said, coming up uh, after the break, uh, Lancaster County Board of Commissioners Chair Krista Yokum. We're going to be talking about uh, several things that Krista's working on in the, the Board of Commissioners. So we'll take this break, and we'll be back after the news here on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome back to the Tuesday edition of the Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Producer extraordinaire Johnny Cadillac is multitasking. I'm doing my best. (laughs) (laughs) You are. I'm keeping you on your toes. I'm keeping myself on my toes. Most definitely, yep. Holy smokes. Let's just, uh, as Johnny said, let's just open the door and invite anybody in. Hey, but we're all having a damn good time. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice, Johnny. Well, uh, welcome back to the Dan Parsons Show here on Tuesday. And on Tuesdays, uh, it's my intent to, uh, to welcome into the studio or over the phone elected officials, both federal and state and local. And and county, and so today, uh, the inaugural edition of uh, the report from the Lancaster County Board of Commissioners, uh, welcoming into the studio the chair of the Lancaster Board of Board of Commissioners, Krista Yoakum. Thanks, Dan. It's good to be with you here today. Well, it certainly is, Krista. I have followed your career and all the great work that you've done here in the community and certainly the last few years on the county board. And so, uh, you know, and I think the county board is one of those entities that obviously is very important in our community. A lot of tax dollars. You guys uh, are responsible for a pretty good size uh, chunk of money. You're absolutely right. I mean, that's our biggest responsibility is the dealing with the tax dollars across the county. But a lot of people don't know what the county commission does. And sometimes we do things as fast as I'll be talking about the jail and, and what we're doing there. Um, down to we have a, um, a support dog. Um, you know, in the county to deal with people in court or stressful day, that sort of thing. So we have a lot of things going on from from big and heavy things to a little bit lighter. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I appreciate that. And that's exactly what I want to do is to have you on each month, Krista, or someone if some of your colleagues want to join us, that'd be fine, too. But uh, but yeah, I I think it's a very important part of uh, of our system of government here in the city and and uh, and and like you said i think it's one part that you know city council gets lots of attention obviously uh you know the, our state legislature and mayor and governor and those are the public entities and and public officials that are most often thought of but uh yeah well i've just had wonderful interactions with you and your colleagues through the years and so i appreciate uh Appreciate the opportunity to chat. Well, uh, I read recently, uh, Krista, this uh, story in the Lincoln Journal Star that uh, really kind of hit the alarm button of uh, the county jail and how the population continues to 
uh, fluctuate and increase there and and what that means to put uh, pressure continued pressure on your budget so uh, talk a little bit about that situation yeah absolutely you know we've been watching the population at the jail going up fairly consistently over the last several years now during covid it actually did decrease but that took a lot of collaboration and cooperation among many entities including law enforcement and and judges certainly um but now ever since then it has gone up steadily and it's really at record numbers right now Hmm. and holding steady typically you see uh, a peak a little bit more in the summer time and and a decrease in the winter and we did not have that this past winter and so it worries me now what will the nice weather what will the summer bring forward sure yeah and it's it's a pretty critical point Uh, we need to keep the jail um to a certain number to comply with jail standards to be able to accommodate everyone in the way that they need to be accommodated and as our numbers rise we just can't do that well and yes it puts pressure on on all the systems in that jail gosh it's not that old no it's not and <laughs> and dan you and i probably both remember the story yeah. that the voters didn't want to build this new jail mm-hmm. um but the county commissioners had you know again really hard decisions to make at the time and they did and You know, they built this $65 million jail against the will of the voters, essentially. The jail is not entirely paid for yet. Well, and that's still chipping away at that. And that's one of those issues uh, when it comes down to uh, support from the community. It's not a sexy issue. It's kind of like building roads, right? It's just not that sexy uh, to put money into. Well, it's not that sexy, but it's a little bit more controversial than building roads, I well, believe. Well, yes, because that's true. Because do we put more people in jail or not? I mean, I think that you come into those sorts of social questions around it as well, right? It's not just a money issue. Yes, absolutely. And I think in Lancaster County, we've done a good job with community corrections and alternatives to jail. But despite that, our numbers continue to rise. We're seeing more felony cases. We're seeing longer terms, things like that, that, that just keeps that jail full. Um, you know, I, before they built the jail, they did do a needs assessment. And I believe there were a couple of needs assessments before they determined it was time to build the jail. And that's really where we are right now. Um, yes, it seems very alarming. But we're gonna, we need to do a needs assessment first and see where we're at. Because the reality is... We are, when we looked at what the projections were in 2008 when they were building the jail, they projected that we would have a much higher census than we do now. Um, They predicted that our daily population would be around 771, and we are hovering in the upper 600s, 688, 675, those sorts of numbers. Um, So, but the jail was not built for 771, so even at that prediction, there would need to be a change. There would need to be something else. And, and are you? Is it a case where the county, the Lancaster County, either willingly or unwillingly takes uh, uh, prisoners from other jurisdictions? So we don't very often, but occasionally we do. Now, if someone is in Lancaster County and they are arrested, and maybe their home is in Red Willow sure. County, that's where the you know we would hold them until that jurisdiction could come and pick them up. Sure, but otherwise we don't hold for other counties. Um, we do have state obligations, you know that sort of thing, and we don't have control over that. Yeah. and so we just have to accept those people when they're 
they're sentenced to our jail. Well, community corrections uh, and law enforcement is always, as you said, a very emotional, very uh, controversial, can be very controversial. And, you know, I know the state is grappling with the same issue of building a new prison. Well, in fact, just a few short years ago, because of prison overcrowding, that moved more people. There sure. was some state legislation that changed, and that moved more people to our county jails. Mm-hmm. So essentially passed that burden on to us. Yeah. Yeah. And the taxpayers of Lancaster County. Yes, exactly. Visiting with Krista Yoakum, uh, chair of the Lancaster County Board of Commissioners. Uh, Krista, what um, I know one other issue that uh, we talked in our pregame uh, show, uh, the county has, let's talk about something that's uplifting and positive, uh, and that is uh, the opportunity the county has in developing broadband in our county. Yeah, you know, the ARPA dollars that we all received, excuse me, are a great opportunity to do things in the county that we have always wanted to do. When I ran for office, I talked about broadband, rural broadband. I remember Um, that, yeah. Even before that, I mean, COVID certainly brought it to a height and to everyone's uh, awareness that we need rural broadband if if students need it from home, if teachers need it, that sort of thing. And when everyone was working from home, it became essential. But I have long felt that connectivity... Um, you know, keeps people connected to their community and broadband could do that. But if, as we're looking at, if you wanted to hire the best teacher for your school and say you were lived in the Norris district or the Raymond Central district and that spouse could work from anywhere, you could attract them to Nebraska oh and to that district yeah. if they had connectivity. And so that's our goal, and and we are, uh, you know, signing contracts left and right. This takes a lot of collaboration between county agencies, certainly our information services, our engineering department, our purchasing department have been in on all of these contracts and the plan and laying out where lines should go and that sort of thing. And then we've contracted with some um some private agencies then to help us push this project over. I remember just a few weeks ago, I remember the story where uh, the county board uh, broke ground on the Lancaster County Broadband Infrastructure Project uh, that, according to this article, will place an estimated 175 miles of conduit throughout Lancaster County. Um, It's a 10 uh, being uh, funded by $10 million in funding from the Federal Aviation, excuse me, Federal American Rescue, ARPA Plan Act. Uh, And once this conduit is placed, telecommunications companies will be able to install fiber optic technology to bring services like ultra-high-speed Internet to Lancaster County residents. And I think that's something that people really here in the city that we lose track of uh, people just outside of our county, uh, just outside of the city limits, uh, have trouble with broadband. It's it's pretty fascinating. We think, oh, yeah, broadband, I can understand that. Rural Nebraska, way out in the Sand Hills and Valentine and Thedford. I understand why those folks uh, need help. But we have places just outside within a few miles of, Lang- of, of the city of Lincoln that has poor connectivity absolutely they have to choose am i going to watch the netflix movie or am i going to let my child do their homework isn't that amazing yeah we just that's just so foreign for us uh, living here in the city 
But Dan, if you remember when Lincoln put in the the fiber optic, the yes. fiber lines here, right? And how everybody talked about now we are one of the most connected cities in the nation. Yes. We believe that will happen when we're done with this rural broadband That's project. Great. That's and great. Lancaster County is really leading the forefront in the state in that respect. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's such an important issue. Like I said, uh, like you said, not only education, health care um, is is important. I mean, so much uh, of, of our health care now is is being able to be done tele, uh, telemedicine. Telemedicine. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you're uh, you're hooked up with your uh, on, on the Internet through your home and, and give vital statistics to your doctor and so much more. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, a vitally important issue. Just earlier this month, the Surgeon General came out and declared loneliness, lack of connectedness as a public health threat. And if you can get on and Zoom with Grandma or Zoom with the rest of the family, I mean, that does keep you connected, right? And and how are our teenagers going to TikTok if they can't have broadband? <laughs> Well, we're visiting with Krista Yoakum, chair of the Lancaster County Board of Commission, and uh, some of the work that Krista and her colleagues. By the way, Krista, I, I like I mentioned, I know uh, all of you uh, mm-hmm. uh, fairly well, and I've just observed both professionally and and uh, so I have just observed through the years just what a cohesive unit that you guys are. And it's bipartisan. I mean, it's all uh, you're from different parties, uh, but I have watched. Uh, how you guys all get along. You know, the, the county board has changed over the last few years, mm-hmm. and uh, it went from being largely a one-party board mm-hmm. and largely male to when I started on the commission, there were three women, and we were not all of the same party. Yes. But yet the board was able to work really well together, and it's so much more pleasant <laughs> serving with people that you can trust and you can work together with, even if you don't agree even if you don't align, but if you can have that conversation and you respect each other's opinions, it's much more pleasant. Yeah, it's, it certainly is. And, and we get to better outcomes. Well, yes, that's that's exactly how government ought to work. Well, um, so you have budget cycle uh, that's yeah. in process, right? Yeah, we've been doing budget hearings uh, since the very end of uh well, all of this month of May, um, I think we may go into the first week of June with those budget hearings and each department's coming before us, um, telling us how their budget has gone this cycle, where they found savings, where they found additional expenditures that were unexpected, and then asking for their, their budget for the following year. We'll take the following month then to kind of evaluate those and see what we can do and where we are. And, and then that's how we set the budget. And then we will set the tax levy depending on the, on our budget. And that is obviously, talk about controversy, that's always a very interesting as homeowners uh, look at their property tax uh, receipts. Absolutely, and we are certainly well aware of the <laughs> assessed values this year being higher for many people, and certainly we'll take that into account. But one thing that I love about the county uh, government is that we have... Um, Transparency. You can go on to our website. You can go and look at the budgets. You can look at what last year's budget is. You can compare it to the previous year. All the information is there. You can hone down on some of that and see exactly what's being paid by each department in salaries or nice. uh, materials, you know, that they need, that they're using, those sorts of things. It's all right there. You can see how much revenue there each department brings in. And and where where can people find that information? Yeah, what is that website? on the Lancaster County website. So Lancaster County dot <laughs> LancasterCounty.gov. Um, it's called um, Open Open Gov. Okay, is yes. what it's called. Go to the fisc the budget, the fiscal and and uh, budget directors page, and you'll find it there. 
Thank you, Krista. I put you on the spot there. You've, you've got a wonderful, vast knowledge, and I threw a curveball at you. Well, so. you know what? I just Google things these days. I don't <laughs> I remember those as much as I used to. <laughs> <laughs> We're visiting with Krista Yoakum, uh, the chair of the Lancaster County Board of, of Commissioners. And, uh, Krista, we've got a couple minutes yet here. And so what are some examples of some of those departments? What are Who are the big spenders and who are the thrifty ones? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Let's call them out. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, for the county, our biggest expenditure is on the people. Sure. You know, um, it, it is, is salaries and wages. And this yep. last year has been hard on that. I mean, this last year has been really hard for a couple of reasons. Salaries and wages, we ended up having to raise a lot of wages because of worker shortages. Sure. Um, when the state raised wages for both uh, corrections workers and law enforcement workers, we have to match that because we're competing for the same employees. Materials costs have gone up tremendously. That seems to be leveling out a little bit now, but it certainly was reflected in last year's budget. Sense, yeah. So all of our roads, bridges, all of those things are are much more expensive than had been anticipated. And law enforcement, obviously, the sheriff's department is uh, under your purview. And uh, and, and we, we all know, we've heard uh, how difficult it is to uh, find workers, and law enforcement is no exception to that. It's very competitive here in the state. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm sure that's a concern as well. It absolutely is. And we've looked at some very creative ways, maybe out of the box, not the way government has always functioned, types of ideas um, to try and reach people to fill those positions. Um, So we've done some job fairs that had never been done before, um, trying to recruit from different places. We've offered, uh, depending on the positions, I know we were down some nursing positions, we offered uh, tuition reimbursement for those. So trying to affect people um, so that they will think of government as a career. Um, We have to be competitive with the private market absolutely to get the best employees absolutely well krista uh, i'm so delighted that uh, we could kick off uh, the regular uh, segment on the county board and the work that you're doing there we'll have you on on a rotating basis once a month if you're willing to do that and looking forward to it drag along some of your colleagues if you want from time to time but uh, so krista yokum chair of the lancaster county board of commissioners thanks for joining us and uh we will be back uh, after this message uh on 1499.3 klin Listening to the Dan Parsons Show on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. Woo, man, Johnny, we got through that show pretty fast. I can breathe easier now. <laughs> well, welcome back uh, to the final couple minutes here on the Dan Parsons Show on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. And don't forget, if you miss us live, you can always catch us uh, on the podcast, and you can find that on your favorite podcast platform. So, Johnny. Producer extraordinaire gets that out the door, just lickety split. You don't have to wait around if you missed uh, any any part of the show. And my goodness, we packed them in today. Thanks again to Congressman Mike Flood uh, for joining us at the top of the hour uh, to talk about AM radio. And uh, so we appreciate the congressman jumping on and and his uh, town hall meeting, which is coming up uh, next week here in Lincoln. Don't don't miss that. Uh, and thanks, a special thanks to Lieutenant uh, Jill Brown for the United States. Navy uh, and Derek Fireherm from the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, who uh, announced that Lincoln has been chosen uh, one of 15 cities in America to host uh, Navy Week in conjunction with our air show coming up uh, this summer. And um, so coming up, and thanks again to Krista Yoakum, uh, Lancaster County Board. 
So coming up on the Wednesday edition of the Dan Parsons Show, uh, it's Give to Lincoln Day. And I'm delighted to welcome two of my favorite people in the world of Lincoln nonprofits, Suzanne Blue uh, with Matt Talbot Kitchen and Outreach and Jim Blue uh, from the Cedars organization. So it'll be a delight to have uh, Suzanne and Jim on uh, uh, because it's Give to Lincoln Day tomorrow, and uh, so a lot of people are supporting their favorite nonprofits here in the community, and uh, we hope you'll participate in that, and we'll hear from uh, two of the most uh, popular and most important uh, uh, nonprofits here in our city. So that's a wrap. We appreciate you tuning in, and we'll catch you next time uh, tomorrow on The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN.